It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game on Rock 101.1, live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall, with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. Take the pulse of the Red Raider Nation with our rockin' reality check. Let's jump right into it. Pete Christie, Sean Dillon, soon to join us is uh, Jarrett Johnson, uh, Jeff Scott on vacation. Who approved that? But uh, rockin' reality. He is a graduation. Oh, coach. okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, rockin' reality check. Um, I guess the first thing is, you know, hot off the presses. I'm super excited to hear Arizona State transfer seven foot forward Warren Washington coming to Texas yeah. Tech. Uh, that's a big get. It's a ginormous get, and it's a ginormous need, Pete. You know, not a lot of size on the roster as it currently stands. We've been preaching patience. Here you go. Here's a guy, uh, a proven big that provides that size that really, other than Robert Jennings, you don't have anybody. And he's a different kind of guy. Jennings is more of a link. Uh, who's not really all that long, you know? I mean, but he's a he's a a, a big dude, and uh, they just don't have enough of those guys as the roster currently stands. But they're working on it. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm positive when uh, Coach McCaslin threw out the first pitch at the Tech game the other day, at least one person said, "How does he have time to do that? We don't have a team. We don't I have know, coaches. You know, know it." And the guys working Whiners. so hard. And, yeah, and I hear it on Inside the Road Raiders, which is fine. It's yeah. their fandom, you know, and it it, it's good that they, they care. Right. I, mean, I remember a time when nobody cared. Yeah, you, you right. couldn't talk Tech basketball to people, you know. You're right. You're right. So uh, big, big series today for Texas Tech uh, baseball. Uh, man, you know, I, I thought it was going to be rough when they're down six nothing in the fourth, uh, fix, finishing a suspended game from Abilene here in Lubbock, taking on Abilene Christian University, and man, Tech scored eight runs in one inning, seven in another in a blink of an eye, and they win 15-11. Then they win the next game 13-3. Uh, you know, their RPI jumped up into the you know high fifties, I think, and then. Uh, you got West Virginia now on the road. I think their RPI is at least 18 or 19. A big series for Tech to, to make a push before the Big 12 tourney, uh, you know, at Globe Life. And uh, I'm excited about that. So, you know, it's a busy time. Uh, I got a daughter about to graduate. I'm speaking at a lot of high school banquets. I'm running around. Uh, but last night, uh, I got to do something that I thought was really, really cool. Uh, and that is... <laughs> Uh, you know, back in March, uh, a guy in uh, a Red Raider, nonetheless, in Fort Worth, reached out to me. He and his wife uh, are, are going to have twins, and they are coming to Lubbock uh, now in, in May, and they wanted to do a gender reveal, and they wanted Raider Red, and they just couldn't get a hold of him. So I said, man, let me get involved. It's not for one kid. It's for two. So I called. They acted like they were going to do it. Uh, you know, Raider Red's busy. It's graduation week. So I wasn't sure. And, uh, you know, a few days before uh, yesterday, uh, Raider Red called. He was going to be there. He got there last night. He popped the first one. It was all pink, a girl. The second one struggled with, popped it. It was a boy. Uh, so uh, just it was just awesome. Uh, so the uh, first gender reveal I'd ever been to, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. And, man, if you're a Red Raider, uh, nothing better than having Raider Red uh, there, so uh, that's it. Just a, a busy time, and uh, just asking everybody to to be safe and and be focused, because you know when you're busy, you might let your guard down, and oh. uh, you know. Is there a story there? You've been no, running around. No, no, no. Uh -oh. But you know, uh, yesterday. Here we go. 
uh, you know, we got the message. You know, there's been all these threats at schools and mm. stuff. Some, you know, some are, can be legit. Some are ridiculous. And, and you know, people got to pay for this spreading fear. So my daughter calls, Dad, do I have to go to school? Do I have to go back? Uh-huh. She was out at a, another part. And I text my son. They were in lockdown. Are you okay? LOL. Yeah, Dad. I'm like, who's you know, but these kids are used to it now. I mean, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. It's ridiculous. That's sad that you know, it kids is. are used to it. It's just yes, kind of, oh, it's sad. Another... So, but again, just, man, do your due diligence and, and be kind to somebody today, man. And I'm talking about, you don't have to give somebody money, but, man, hold the door open. Hey, man, how you doing? I mean, just little things A smile. lift people's day. Yes. So. Kind of sound it. like one of those motiva- motivational like memes or whatever reels <laughs> on Instagram. It's you know, motivational it's like, Pete. <laughs> yes. It's good. But, hey. at, but at least he doesn't live in a van d- down by the river. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. There's always a chance. There's always tomorrow, right? That's right. You're right. Uh, I got a question. I don't know if anybody has an answer to this, but when did gender reveals become a thing? I know they've been around, what, probably a decade? There have been some bad ones, too. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The dog ran off and, I mean, just some of the things, you know. How, how long do you think it's been around? Uh, in the last couple of years? I don't no, know. No, it's been around longer than that, right? I don't know. 10, 20 years? Well, 20 it's, years? It's my first one. I don't know. Yeah, I've never, never been in one. But, hey, man, it's your, uh, I guess, your life, your kid's life coming up. So that's whatever you want to do, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, to get rid of red involves cool. Yeah. For me, uh, man, it's May. I mean, I know baseball season's going on, but uh, yeah, this really is the off season. But I just want to stress how the there is no off time now anymore. Nope. I mean, with the way recruiting is, the transfer portal, even though they, they changed the, the the portal windows and all that, they limited, uh, you know, when they, people can do that, when athletes can do that. It's still, uh, man, it's go time. I mean, like, we see it on the message board on Inside the Red Raiders. We see it on social media. And, uh, you know, maybe that's not such a bad thing. We talk about, oh, NIL's bad. The portal is, you know, it's, it's not good. But in terms of uh, keeping fans in the game or whatever, keeping their mind on the sports they love, the teams they love. I mean, it's helped a lot. I, I just, I could see it on, you know, because it's, it's my job to monitor that. And activity is, is really high in May right now when like three, four years ago, it'd be a ghost town, you know? So it's good for business for people like me, but it's also, I, I think that that's at least a, a positive for uh, fans out there if you're, if you're looking for a silver lining with all the, I guess, the negativity about how college sports has changed so much. Well, hey, coming up on the show, we got Andrew Sorrells in talking about the TBT Air Raiders playing here at the U- United Supermarkets Arena in July. You got to get your tickets. They just added another Red Raider to this dream team. We'll talk about that. Maybe we can goad him into telling us some other players coming or interested. Uh, we got Keith Patrick talking from uh, Red Raider Dugout. He will be. Uh, uh, Red Raider dugout. He will uh, be here talking about Red Raider baseball big series this weekend. We got uh, the head coach of the Lubbock Matadors, Paul Gilbert, in uh, Lubbock Matadors playing Saturday night, 7:30, rain or shine. I don't know what the weather's like, but uh, rain or shine, uh, taking on West Texas FC for the Golden Tumbleweed, 7:30 out at Lubbock Cooper, and then we got former Texas Tech uh, defensive back Darren. How do you say it? Come on, Sean. Deloche. Deloche, okay. 
and uh, he is going to stop. By I always give it to him so he can mess it up. Whatever. Uh, he's going to be here. He, uh, you know, he talks about being an agent in the NFL. Going to talk about the pressures that are involved with the NFL draft. I mean, you saw guys sitting in that green room. You saw guys sitting at home. Some didn't even get called. So you'll hear about that and how NIL has changed the game. And then uh, talking, I got to talk to Colin Schooler. Uh, he is uh, wrapping up his first year playing pro football. He and the Arlington Renegades playing for the XFL championship tomorrow night against dc the destroyers that game is uh, at the alamo dome in san antonio It'll be on espn i think it's on abc too but colin schooler uh we'll talk to him as well and then jared johnson talking about upcoming visitors coming uh big, so much more big, big visitor weekend two weekends in june uh probably the combined the biggest official visitor weekends in uh, recent Texas Tech football history, anyways, like modern era. And you got a list of guys. You got a coming. whole list. Of oh, over I like twenty it. guys. Yep, there you go. Yep. Hey, we're here at uh, Bubba's Thirty Three. Come join us for lunch over here at the South Plains Mall. I think I'm going to get the pizza today. You always get the pizza. Well, <laughs> I don't have to. How do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I am getting the pizza. Are you getting the kids' pizza? No, well, I'm getting pizza. Are you? The Let's baby? go. I don't know about the baby. I mean, I'm a grown man, Pete. Uh, <laughs> come on. Bro. I'll go in with you. Let's do another pizza. Well, I might just get the, the chicken tenders then. Look at you. Oh, God. See, Are he, you going to get the kids' he portion? Doesn't, he doesn't want to share no, pizza. I, he, I mean, he's on TV. He's got to no, worry about man. his figure now. Come on. That's right. So, Hey, uh, coming up next, Andrew Sorrell sitting by talking to uh, TBT Air Raiders. You know, you're listening to the Red Raider Outfitters Rockin' Pre-Game Show live from Bubba's 33 on Rock. It's the Ritter Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Wiley Implement, Pete's Tires, and Chrome. A deeper look. Gotta love some Asia there. Hey, we are going to look at the uh, TBT tournament, million-dollar tournament, coming to Lubbock at the United Supermarkets Arena. The Air Raiders are playing it at a Red Raider alumni team, a Red Raider dream team, and the GM of the Air Raiders, Andrew Sorrells, joining us now. Andrew, uh, how are things going? Oh, they're good. Uh, we just got John Roberson, our last commitment, and thanks for having me, by the way, on the show. And we got, I think that's five guys now. So we have... I wouldn't say that those guys are going to start. I'm not going to promise that, but we got a other couple guys that we're still recruiting. But we're looking forward to having a pretty good team that can go out there and compete and hopefully win the million-dollar purse. Is it easier this year to, to maybe get guys' interest just because it's at home? They know what oh. the U USA is like. They know. I mean, they probably want to get that scratch that itch. Oh yeah, ten times easier. I mean, last year we had to convince guys to fly out to Lubbock. Of course, we paid for the flight, and then we. Had to get on a bus, drive to Wichita, which was still mm -hmm. fun, and the guys that did it had a good experience. But with me and Lubbock, I mean, those guys want to lace them up again at the USA. And Matt Mooney, I mean, he talks about it all the time. He goes, it's fun playing overseas, and I've played in the NBA G League, but there's nothing like playing in Lubbock in front of those fans that, that love him. And so, yeah, to, to answer your question, it was ten times easier. Last year we were trying to, it was almost like pulling teeth to convince guys to play. This year we're turning guys away. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you can only have 10 guys, and these games are shorter, so you don't want to have a roster full of everyone that wants to play 15 guys. Because that you, limits the amount of money that each of them can get if they win. Well, that, but also <laughs> you don't want them to come in and then they play, they don't play at all, and right. they have a bad experience, and it's their off season. How much, oh, go ahead. Oh, good. How much prep time, like, how much time do you, once you get the whole team assembled, how much time do you have to practice and get ready and all that? 
Last year, our training camp was probably 10 days. Okay. This wow. year, one challenge we're going to have is that we have a few players that are playing in the NBA uh, Summer League, yeah. which doesn't end until July 15th is the championship game. And then our first game for TBT is July 19th, so it's going to oh, be a quick wow. turnaround. But, I mean, it's not – I mean, all these teams, nobody's incorporating the, the Princeton offense before the TV team. Right. So, you know, these guys, they're, they've been playing their whole lives. They know how to play, and we'll get them together. And Does, it, does that lend it to kind of have a – like a summer league kind of feel to it in that you're, you're getting together, like you don't have like necessarily a lot of sets or anything like that. It's more just rolling it out and, and playing? Yeah, I mean, even most NBA teams, you get to that level, and it's the actions are pretty simple. I mean, right. there's ball screens, you play off each other, three guys are really involved offensively. You put two short shooters in the corner, and you just play. So, I think we'll be we'll be ready, and we have all the pieces. We're not going to struggle offensively. We got John Roberson, who, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but he holds oh, yeah. career records in assists at Tech and yep. three pointers made. And Matt Mooney, obviously, that's a big time player offensively, and. A couple other guys on. I almost keep slipping about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this is why I was trying. This is why yeah. I wanted him to come on because I knew. Well, we know Tariq Owens, Davide Moretti, and, and Davion Warren. Davion Warren, who was fantastic oh, yeah. last year. That's a big score too. And he averaged 28 points per game in the TBT last year, and so he can obviously score the ball. You can go ahead and say Brandon Francis. Come on, we know he's going to join well, the so table. Brandon, <laughs> he tweeted it. The thing with Brandon is that he wanted to play last year, and we wanted him to play. We reached out. He's a good player, um, but he didn't have a visa. Oh no! And so he's wanting to play this year, which his his season uh, doesn't even end until like July 14th, and he's mm. all the way across the world. Mm. But he has to get that visa. If he gets that visa, yeah, I mean, we're he might just fly directly into Lubbock on game day and suit up. Who knows? I mean, he huh. he likes Lubbock that much and wants to play that bad, so we'll see. But so you not trying to slip? You already have some other ones. Like you're gonna next week, we're naming we're gonna name one guy. Hey, I'm gonna name you in two weeks and in three weeks. I mean, have you already yes, got some lined up? We're trying to drag it out um, intentionally. I mean, we want right. to keep people on their seats. But you already have of, names. We do. Yeah, we. Keeps trying. Those names are. He keeps trying. I do like a gender review. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> like a player review. Like we were talking That's about it. the first set. You're Raider Red to do it, man. Yeah. So, how are tickets going? When when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how tickets were yeah, important to yeah. Uh, oh yeah, they're doing really well. I think so. We've had it out there about two weeks. Last I checked, um, two thousand tickets have already been sold, which is good for this tournament. I think that's second right now, and at a, all the regionals, I think Wichita that regional is last they told me they were up by like five hundred tickets, but they. They have a super regional because Kansas is going to have an alumni mm-hmm. team, so it's going to be a Wichita slash Kansas regional. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, Kansas, we know Kansas always shows. I mean, they do. They show on the road like amazingly. So, yep. And so, yeah, ticket sales have been good though, but we're we're really not trying to like convince people to come out because it's like if you like if once you know who's playing, you're pro- and you're a basketball fan, you're probably going to go. We're just trying to get the word out so people know that it's here this summer. I was at a Tech baseball game earlier and. Somebody was like, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to going to that next year. I'm like, no, it's this year. It's this summer. It's in two months. So how inexpensive are tickets? So if someone wants to get a TBT ticket to watch the, the, these games, how much is it? That first, uh, so they're, they're not selling a complete tournament package, which I think they should, but they're selling it on an individual basis. So we play at 8 o'clock on July 19th, that Wednesday. 
and that'll be the second session of the first day. And I think that's the most expensive session just because of the demand. And I think that's anywhere from, depending on where you want to sit, anywhere from 35 to $135. But there's plenty of availability right now. I mean, you guys have seen the USA. There's lots of seats. Um, but then, of course, you get on to the championship, and you just don't know. Which, I mean, you would like to think that, okay, go ahead and invest now in that third day. Exactly. Thinking that Texas Tech's going to be in it. Right. But uh, it's not going to be a cupcake. I mean, regional, UT, the, the Texas Longhorns are thinking about having a team. When will you learn who's coming? Um, June 10th, I think, okay. is when they're going to announce the official schedule, who we're playing against, and the other seven teams at the regional. But I think they'll give us a, an easier game that first day just because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's to their advantage. I mean, they're right. going to sell tickets, and it'd be awful if we get knocked out the first round, which I don't think we will. Uh, we plan on winning the whole thing, but still. Uh, I think North Texas, they're, okay. I think they're like 98% in. Um, and they wow. went three rounds deep you last get year. McCaslin out yeah, there I know. for us. <laughs> yeah, that'll, be, that'll, that'll be a good storyline. Yeah. Yeah. McCaslin, that whole dynamic, which I know he actually was in Wichita last year for the TBT. Huh. Oh, wow. Supporting the bleed green is what they're called, that UNT alumni team. But So I'm sure he'll be involved again this year. But he'll have that, you know, once the Air Raiders are playing UNT, he'll have to yeah, be wearing be red and black. Where, where is John Roberson? Where has he overseas been playing? He's actually in Turkey. Okay. And he and that's where where Mooney is. That's right. Yeah. Are they in the same league? They. I don't think they're in. Yes, they're in the same league. Okay, but they've but not only same team, yeah. not like the same conference. Right. I don't know okay. how that's wow. So they've they only played each other once, and they played like three weeks ago. I think and, Matt mentioned it when we had him on the show. Okay. Huh? We did the Zoom interview. Yeah, and Mooney said that because I called him. I said, "What do you think about John Roberson? He's thirty-four years old. Like, does he? Yeah. Can he still go? And he's like, "Oh yeah, he can still play. Man, that guy is legit, and we need him on our team." So, as you break this down and as it gets closer and closer what's the excitement level going to be for red raider fans to see this all-star team as it gets put together i think a lot i mean when you look back on tech basketball in the last decade uh which john's going to be our oldest player which i think he graduated in 2011 played for was recruited by bob knight played for pat knight for three years but i think the excitement is there i mean he's going to kind of represent that uh, era of tech basketball, and then you'll have guys like Mooney, Tariq, and then you'll have Davion Warren, who represents the next, you know, kind of deal, which was a part of that Sweet 16 team with Coach Adams against Duke. Um, and then we'll have other players that I can't announce yet that are going to be a part of different <laughs> eras of good players. I know y'all do. You're good, man. You're but good. we're we'll have about nine or ten players, really good players, and it's one of those deals. Like I was talking to the coach, who I'm also not going to announce yet, but I will say the coach. It won't be the same one as last year. Um, he has lots of NBA experience and he has tech ties. You won't guess him, um, but he's, he's really we won't yeah. guess him. Um, <laughs> I don't think it would be your first guess, but he's – you might – you probably would guess him, actually. Yeah. But it wouldn't be your first try, though. But um, we were actually on a Zoom call with the coach and then Clark Lambert, who's the co-GM, and we were talking about, like, who do we think is going to start? Because we have a pretty good idea who's going to be on the team, nine or ten guys, and all three of us have had a different starting lineup. So yeah. it's, it's going to be that competitive. It's not going to be like – Okay, this guy's here. You know, he's for sure going to play 30 minutes a game. In fact, uh, I'll tell you guys this. He probably wouldn't like me sharing it, but I don't care. He's my friend, Mooney. So he started seeing, we started telling him the guys are going to be playing. And then he kind of, I wouldn't say he got defensive, but he said, 
Hey, just so you know, like I'm coming to play. Like, I'm, coming, <laughs> like, I'm coming to play 30 minutes. I said, oh, you're worried that they're going to be playing over you? It's, but that's how competitive we want it. Obviously, yeah. Mooney's a great player and he's going to play a lot. But still, like even him seeing the roster, he was thinking, okay, now I just want to let you all know that I'm coming to play and coming to shoot. We're like, we know, Matt. You've done it everywhere you've played. <laughs> every country, every team you've been on. Mooney's the gunner then. What you're saying, he's a gunner. He's a gunner. Yes. He's, he's one of the few. But some of the guys, like Mooney, would, did Mooney give you ideas of like, hey, why don't you go after this guy? And did Tariq, I mean, have you heard from those guys? Man, I'd like to play yes. with this guy from, yes. you know, back in the and day. And that's a strategy whatever. we used, yeah. Pete. Uh, and I know you know Mooney well, so yeah. he, he likes being involved. Uh, <laughs> but also he's, he's well-respected across, um, I mean, any tech basketball player that, I mean, they're all, they all respect Matt. And so there's been a couple guys that were kind of on the fence and then we had to call Mooney and say, Mooney, give him a call. Tell him you want him, want him to be a part of it. And then he did that and kind of got him secured. Uh, but Matt's, Matt's really good at that, and he's been really involved, kind of just helping with recruiting and making sure we get the right guys to give us a chance to win the whole thing. And it's amazing. You know, Mooney was only with us one year. Yeah. He is so ingrained with Texas Tech Red I know his sister goes here, but he's come back. He's going to do his fifth basketball camp. He loves Lubbock. He loves Texas Tech. And uh, I think that's really cool for a guy who's just here one year. We're with all of them. Even yeah. Tariq was here yeah. one year. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And there's going to be some other guys like that. But um, that is something that's cool that I think is a little overlooked. I mean, yeah, it's a TBT tournament, and it's for a million dollars. It's back in Lubbock at the USA. That's cool. But it also is cool that these guys are coming back. Like Davide Moretti's flying from yeah. Italy to come back to Lubbock. and. Yeah. A lot of times you see guys, they go to a school, they play, and they do their part, and they leave, and they never come back. These guys want to come back. Brandon Francis is trying to find a way. He's trying to, like, write letters. <laughs> He's trying to get Kirby Hocutt to write a letter to the State Department, trying to get back in the country because he wants to come back that bad. But um, I think that is a cool part, how much they love Texas Tech. They're not – and the same with students as well, but, yeah. Do you know which region the Lubbock region is paired up with? Or, yes. Or, or, or we or, – is there a chance we're, that there will be a, a Wichita-Lubbock matchup, or, or are they no, separating we're, us? They're separating us, Very probably good. strategically. Uh, if we win, so we'll play three games in Lubbock, and if we win all three, then we'll go and play in Louisville against the, the winner of the Louisville Regional. And there'll be one game there. If we win that, then we'll go and play in the Final Four in Philadelphia. So they've already determined you would have to go to Louisville? If, if your yes. attendance is better, they wouldn't? Yes, and I think that was more because I think Luke Bryan is coming into the arena. Uh, oh, well, you know. There's, there's a concert, and so the yeah. dates didn't align. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll be in Louisville. Oh, I see. Here. That's right. He is coming here. I think that's right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. I think it's Luke Bryan. I don't know, but that's what I have in my brain for some reason. But that's why we couldn't do the. If if you want to give us any more names of the coach, you can. If you don't, if you forget Luke Bryan, you know. if I forget, yeah, you guys are putting pressure on me. Um, no. Well, how about when will the next name be announced? Uh, I actually was on the phone with the next player that we're announcing on the way here, and he is part of the reason why we can't do it. And it's not just because I'm like, oh, we we got to break the news. I'm not right. one of those guys. It's just that uh, a lot of these guys are still like they're in the middle of playoffs overseas mm. and they're playoffs. still playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, their agent and their coaches don't want them to announce that, hey, their like, they're mind's on right. the TBT tournament. Yeah. And we're in the middle of playoffs, and they're announcing that. So they've kind of asked that we 
wait until their season's over sense. to announce it. Yeah. That makes sense. How you know people? How can they get tickets? Uh, TBT website, tbtbasketball.com. You go there and you click Air Raiders, and it, you click on the Lubbock Regional, and then it'll. It's kind of like select a seat, and you can pull up the map. You'll see the availability and select your own seat. But it's it's pretty straightforward. Or you can go to the our Air Raiders Twitter page and Instagram. We have the links there, and you can just click on the link and buy your tickets uh, through our little URL. Awesome. Well, we can't wait. Air Raiders playing July 19th at the uh, United Supermarkets Arena. The Red Raider Dream Team playing for the million dollars in this incredible tournament. And I'm sure we'll have you back on and yeah. try to get you to give some other yeah, names. Yeah, once we have you know, once we have the <laughs> roster, we'll come back on and we'll, you know, we'll do more. Hey, sure. can we get Coach in? Can we get the Coach in? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, see Sean. Um, He's tricky. Yeah. I'll go I'll go ahead and release it. He doesn't care. It's um Yeah, you asked and y'all yeah. Uh Jason Stout is his name. He he was a manager for tech. He's from La Mesa. He was here under James Dickey. I remember him. And he's been I think with eight different eight NBA teams. He was the assistant coach for the Suns in twenty eighteen, I believe. And then this past year he was the the head scout for the Washington Wizards. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, Jason Stout's going to be the head coach. Breaking news here. <laughs> wow, Sean. Yeah, yeah, good job, Sean. He was prying. I mean, this is a guy that's dedicated. I mean, he, he, is. he came and found me and Culver out on the golf course in hole nine and, you know, followed us in the golf cart saying, you guys got to come on the show. <laughs> hey, that's a good impression right there. I like that. I mean, he's I'm after us. It. So we got to reward his hard work, right? <laughs> Are we going to break? Yeah, we're going to break. Okay. Darren's waiting in our green room. And then and then we also, have a lot of guests today, man. And then in the, also in the green room, we've got Dustin McCorkle. He has brought the West Texas Dustico Golden Tumbleweed. tumbleweed yeah. Look at that tumbleweed. It's. I mean, we're going to have to ask who was the person who had to sp- spray it gold. Yeah, I don't know even how they do that. So, Well, hey, much more coming up on the show. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Another quick hit of the Billy Madison. It's the Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Rockin' Research. Joining us now on the Rockin' Pregame Show, former Texas Tech defensive back Darren Deloche, a letterman from 1989, now an NFL agent. Uh, Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. What was it like, uh, you know, last week with the, uh, the NFL draft for you? Well, I mean... We were real busy, thank the Lord. Um, none of our guys went Thursday night, but once it was all said and done, uh, we had 10 individuals sign as priority free agents, meaning they weren't drafted, but no sooner the draft was over, we already had contracts for them. And presently, we have three other ones at rookie minicamp this week, so hopefully they'll end up signing uh, once minicamp concludes. I mean, I guess people can only imagine what the wheeling and dealing is like, but, uh, I mean, it's got to be just, I mean, you must be going like a chicken with your head cut off. You can, depending. (laughs) That's why, like, we have a team, there's eight agents, so we can focus on individuals respectively, um, such as myself. 
I don't like to overwhelm myself from the standpoint I want to do a good job for each individual that I'm working with. Um, it's big to have that one-on-one -on -one type of interaction, but when you get to a certain point, let's say if an individual's not drafted, throughout the process leading up to that, you kind of start to get a feel by process of elimination of the respective teams that are going to be interested in someone. So once the draft concludes, really before it concludes, you're focusing on those respective teams that have shown the most interest leading up to the draft. And then obviously you just want some eyes on you and a chance. So even if a guy's an un, you know, undrafted free agent, I mean, you got an opportunity. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. And, and it's not about getting a... It's not about getting a signing bonus at that point in time. You want that opportunity to get in there and make that final roster. And this year, for rookies, the rookie minimum's seven hundred fifty thousand. So that's what you want. That's what you want. You sh you don't want to worry about the little signing bonus you get as right. an undrafted free agent. You want to make the team and get paid. Yeah. Uh, at being a Red Raider, how nice was it seeing uh, Tyree Wilson go so high? Oh, I mean. Anytime Red Raiders do well, it, it's, it's excitement for everyone because we're such a, a family. And one person does it, it's like the whole community is doing well. Do you feel the excitement for Red Raider football now? It's kind of been a little low for a while, but with Joey McGuire back, I mean, I just think it's at an all-time and it's only going up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, definitely. And a lot of that is due to his character and how he conveys himself and interacts with people in the community. So people are feeding off that energy, and not just the fans, but recruits as well. Darren, has any uh, of the players you represent told you to show them the money? <laughs> that, that, that's, that's all the time. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's a given in this day and age, but it's one of those deals where um, you kind of, find your niche yeah. as far as the individuals you want to represent and what they're truly trying to do. I just met with Jerry Maguire, of course. Like, is How, how accurate was that movie uh, to being a, a sports agent? Um, it, you, you, you know, what was it, Hollywood, they have uh -huh. a little leeway. But, I mean, in this day and age, I mean, there were two individuals that I've been speaking with or in contact with for the past two years. Oh, wow. No one really knew about them. And... This during the season they pretty much blew up. So when one agency offered one of them, he had a, a million dollar marketing guarantee with zero rep, uh, zero percent rep fee, and then the other individual got a million dollars. And this is just a sign with the respective agency. I said, hey, I wish you all the best. Yeah. Can you? I have a couple of questions here. About, man, I feel feel like we could do the whole show asking you questions. But one. How much is player evaluation? You just mentioned basically it sounds a lot like recruiting to me for a coaching staff where you got to find guys who you think could be good later on. Like how, how much work do you spend doing that? Um, I mean, a lot of that goes is involved. It's a big piece of it. Um, one thing with regards to myself and my team, I mean, with us being athletes, yeah, we know talent. And we, we go after what we feel or individuals that we feel can make it on the next level. Now, with that being said, um, we also consult with all our liaison scouts, our mm -hmm. buddies, our uh, friends and what have you throughout the league, find out what they think about someone. And we've got a couple that have been drafted in the last three years that 
NFL teams weren't even high on. Everyone had them as, as priority free agents. Ended up, they've been drafted, and they're starting. been starting since day one. And with your affiliation with Texas Tech, I don't, I don't know if you're naming names of guys you represent or not, but if you are, if you can, uh, have, do you represent any Red Raiders currently? Well, the only Red Raider that I currently represent is Micah Awe, yeah. who is in his fifth, this will be his fifth season. Um, he's had a couple of, he, his fifth season in Canada, he's had a couple of stints or opportunities in the NFL, but Micah is the only one that I'm working with presently. Okay. Are there any other guys that fans out there might recognize that that you uh, who you represent? Um, Nate Hobbs. He's a. This is this will be his third year. He's a starter with the uh, uh, Raiders. Uh, John Weeks. A lot. Believe it or not, a lot of people know him from the standpoint. He's out of Baylor, mm-hmm. and he's a long snapper with the Houston Texans. And the longevity aspect. Thank the Lord. This is our 14th season. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So I mean, they're out of out of the twenty. We've got twenty five active NFL contracts. So wow. it would probably be best, you know, based upon someone's favorite team as far as who they would recognize. How has NIL changed the game for agents? I mean, because you have players who get so much money, and then in some cases may not get. You know, like you said, those, those signing bonuses, those marketing bonuses. Yeah. How has NIL changed the game for you guys? Well, with reg- so NIL has changed it from the aspect a lot of individuals are already receiving money for, for appearances or, or marketing deals and what have you. And so they automatically assume that's just going to continue from jump um, once they sign with an agent. Hmm. Um, the big thing with that, and then, all, like I said, that's the main piece. They expect that, I don't want to say gravy train, but they expect that to continue um, with whatever agency they sign with. But this is the real world, so based upon what the return is expected to be, that's how you're going to be slotted as far as any perks or additional benefits. So it's sometimes better for them to stay. Yeah. In, in school, yes, I mean, there's... I mean, there's individuals definitely like uh, not just in college football but in basketball. Yeah. But I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's been at such and such a school for eight, year- eight years, but the NIL money is so good. Why go be a responsible adult when you could be a student athlete? Yeah. I mean, heck, UTSA, their quarterback, he's coming back for his seventh year. <laughs> wow. I mean, he, he probably be, he will get an NFL opportunity, but hey. He's still the man in college. What's yeah. the biggest challenge as being an agent? The biggest challenge? Um, I'd say the biggest challenge would be trust uh, from the standpoint, uh, the trust and loyalty aspect, because you build a rapport with an individual. Um, you're, you've shown them what you can do. You've shown them that you care. And I'm not talking about as far as the financial piece of it, but being there for them from the aspect being at games uh letting them know hey boom 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 this that the other being truthful with them and they sign with you but there's all if they're worth their weight in gold there's always going to be someone else coming at them blowing smoke promising them the uh, grass is green on the other side and that to me the loyalty aspect is the biggest thing so i asked you you didn't have a answer last time we talked What's your favorite moment as a Red Raider? Actually, there's two of them. 
Uh, one was when we beat Duke in the All-American mm-hmm. Bowl, 49-21. Yeah. Uh, Steve Spurrier was the coach of, uh, of Duke at that time. And my second one was my senior year in track and field when we beat uh, Baylor Sprint Relay with uh, Olympic gold medalist Michael Johnson. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we beat them um, on their own turf at the Baylor Dr. Pepper Relays. Wow, not bad at all. Yeah. What, uh, you got any Spike Dyke stories? Um, there's quite a few. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there, there's a bunch of them, and, and most of those are his, what, what would you call them, his analogies yeah. and, <laughs> and, and what have you. So some of them, the ones that I like, yeah. probably wouldn't be, and not, not that they're bad, sure. but really, with, you have to be able to say the whole thing to mm. benefit from it. So yeah. I'll lay low. <laughs> Well, can you just talk about what a blessing he was in your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. Coach Dykes, I mean, he, he was like a father figure to me as well as everyone else. Um, he was true to himself or true to what he was, what he was is in how he presented himself to everyone. That was truly him. Um, no matter whether you were there one season or, or multiple seasons or what have you, you were family. And, I mean... He was just a, you know, not forget the coaching part, but as an individual, he was a great person. Yeah. Uh, you, you get any downtime as an agent, or you st- you got always running around? Oh uh, no, there there's downtime. Yeah. I mean, um, because like this summer, yeah. as a matter of fact, I'll be on the road predominantly ripping and running with my son. He'll be um, attending camps. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to step away from select baseball this year, so we'll be up and down the highway uh, visiting schools and doing camps, but. Um, it's one of those things. You're always on call 24/7. So, you know, wherever the phone, wherever I am, that's where the phone is. If the call comes in, heck, yesterday I was at a luncheon, and we had a, I had a call come in, had to take it, and one of my guys is on a plane right now, headed to Carolina. Nice. Well, we can't let you get out of here without uh, asking about your recruitment. We like to ask former Letterman about the recruitment to Texas Tech. Uh, if you remember how it went down and why you chose the Red Raiders. Well, with, with regards to myself, I was initially playing basketball. And my senior year, I decided to go a different route. I was going to go to play uh, Point Loma College in San Diego. And then it just kind of came down to being closer close to El Paso. Mm. But I didn't want to go to UTEP. <laughs> <laughs> You're close enough you could get home, but far enough to where... Right, yeah. right. So so I wasn't a, a big-time recruit. Um, it was more or less me choosing the best opportunity for myself um, because when I initially arrived at Tech, I was just running track. Oh, okay. A long jump, triple jump, sprint relay. And then the last couple of years, I was like, wait a minute, I can, I can do this football thing. And I only played football one year in high school. But I started, led the team in interceptions. But, you know, as y'all well know, in recruiting, you get notice like your junior yes. year. But Re- since I just played my senior year, you know, it made it kind of tough. And I didn't want to do the JUCO thing. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Now I understand that process and those types of things a little better. Awesome. That's what you're doing with your with your son. You said too, right? Going to do, doing the camps, doing right. the deal, grinding yes, it. Yep. Yes, sir. It's 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 a lot different than it was back then. Yeah. But uh, but I understand some things, and of course, some a lot of my friends and their children that have been through the process. Heck, it's when you think about it, 
you know, one of my former teammates, Tim Tannehill, his son Ryan is what yeah. eight nine year veteran, and you know I'm a little behind the eight ball. My son's just 15, but <laughs> but hey, you know, learning from those individuals that have been through it and those that are going through it now. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, Red Raider Darren Deloche, we appreciate you being on the show with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Red Raider Colin Schooler. He's playing in the XFL Championship with the Arlington Renegades Saturday night against the D.C. Destroyers in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. We'll talk to him about the game and catch up with him next. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Chrome, Mitch Hall, Chevrolet, and Signs on the Go. It's the Rockin' Interview. Well, it's the XFL Championship Saturday night, and in it is D.C. against Arlington. And on Arlington is Red Raider Colin Schooler, who uh, had a great two years here with the, with Texas Tech after uh, playing at Arizona. Now he is playing in the championship game. I got to talk to him. And, of course, uh, man, Arlington was 4-6 and six in the regular season, had a couple chances to win and get in the playoffs, had to get some help. But here they are now. Now excelling in the championship game and uh, just talking to uh, Colin about the, the ups and downs of the season and now being in the XFL championship. Yep. Nobody really thought we were going to be here but us, so it's, uh, it's going just exactly how we planned it was going to. Well, uh, talk about that, you know, the, the, the power of self-belief. It doesn't matter what's outside the locker room. It matters what's inside the locker room, the, the belief you guys have. Yeah, it's been a very interesting year for us. Um, I know at least on defense from week one to week 11, we, I think we had six different starters on defense due to, to injury and things of that sort. And we're on our third different quarterback playing with us. Um, so when you have a 51-man roster and all these pieces are getting switched and guys are stepping up, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting when it happens, but then it's pretty cool when it does happen. Um, our season didn't go the exact way we planned it, but it landed us a spot in the playoffs. That's all we could have asked for. And then, you know, when it was win or go home, we decided to win. You know, we chose to, and we played the way that, we, you know, we were able to, and um, we had a pretty convincing win against Houston. Yeah, and go back to that. I mean, it was the third time you saw them. You just played them the week before when, you know, you kind of needed to win, but then San Antonio lost, so you knew you were getting in, but you wanted to beat them, and, they beat you 25-9. You come right back the next week, and you beat them 28-11. How'd that happen? Yeah, I remember watching uh, the San Antonio game, and we had played on Sunday that weekend, and San Antonio played Saturday. And um, I don't know if you remember, but if San Antonio would have won, we would have had to have won that weekend right. to clinch. But uh, they had Ray Finkel kicking that, uh, that last field goal that he – pushed a little bit um which surprised a lot of us san antonio uh he had a i think his name was parker romo he he was awesome the whole entire year he was really consistent and, and you know the football gods leaned towards us that day and we went into that week 10 knowing we'd clinched so that was an interesting week because houston didn't play their whole roster um and we did so going into that game we know we both clinched we know we played each other the next week so i don't know if there was some holding back going on by them. Um, 
or maybe even us, who knows, um, with play calling or things like that, we want to show exactly what we were scheming up. Um, but we definitely went into that game wanting to win and trying to win. Um, and unfortunately, they they beat us convincingly um, at home. So then going down to Houston the next week, I think they thought uh, they were going to do it a third time. But, you know, <laughs> a third time's a charm, right? So we, uh, we got them that time and uh, beat them, like you said, 28 to 11. Um, we got a turnover that turned into three points, and they had one drive where they went down and scored. So you take away that, and they, they got a big goose egg on the scoreboard, and that's what we expected pretty much going into that. Well, and here comes D.C., who's been the, you know, the cream of the crop in the, in the whole league. Uh, you played them in week nine, and Arlington almost beat them. You came back, and uh, they ended up beating you there at the end. What do you take away from that first game that was on the road and now, you know, now you're kind of home because you're in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that game showed a lot about our team um, that the score didn't. Um, like you said, I think we were down 24 to 9 at halftime. And when the fourth quarter ended, it was 26-26 going into overtime. So I think that just showed um, how much we believe in each other, you know, believing to the guy to the right of me or believing on – and the guy that plays offense, the guy that plays defense, or our special teams, we believe in the coaches. Um, and to rally back like that, I think it was something that we looked at each other like, hey, we, we have something special here. Our record doesn't show it right now, but our goal is there, and we can accomplish it. So, um, like you said, going into overtime with a team who only one loss this whole entire year and hasn't lost a divisional game, it was, uh, it was pretty eye-opening. I think they thought the same thing. Well, in that game, you had four tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a big interception that really helped lead to overtime. Uh, can you kind of pick something out of that game and, and kind of know, man, I'm going to have a big game in this championship game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody wants to make big plays in the championship game or a playoff game or um, a game that's of importance. Um but we haven't focused on that. We're not looking at one guy and says, you know, you need to do, you know, the impossible. We just all look at each other and say, listen, if we play as one, if we got 11 guys doing their job and nothing more, nothing less, then we'll be all right. So we're, we've been preaching that all week, um, and we're going to take that to this game. You got some family coming out? Yes, I do. Um, you know, mom and dad will make it out. Um my sister might depend on her work schedule. Unfortunately, my brother's uh, still at OTAs up in New England right now, so he won't be able to make it. Um, and it's still undecided whether or not how many family friends I'll have show up, but uh, I'll have a good uh, good support system there. How nice is it now just to be in this, this position? I mean, obviously it's one game for it all. It's not who's the best team over 12 weeks. Now it's who's the best team in a three-hour time span. Yep, exactly, and that's why we're looking at it too. Like I said, they're you know ten and one right now, eleven and one, whatever they are, and and that that's awesome. That's good for them. But uh, like you said, at this week, whoever's the best this week's going one or no. They're going to hold that trophy up at the end of the day, and and that that team's going to be us. And that's how we we prepared. That's how we practiced. That's how we envisioned it, and that's how we planned it from January when we first showed up. You know, this was our goal, and our goal is right there. And all we have to do is go win. Uh, what's some of the messages that Coach Stoops has preached this week? Just don't give up as many big plays as we uh, we have last time. Um, avoid pre-snap uh, penalties, procedures, things like that. If we go out there, you know, we play our brand of football. We don't 
part ourselves. We put ourselves in a really good position to win this game. And um, I bet you they're telling the same things to their guys over there. So it, it'll be a fun one. We're familiar with each other. We played each other not too long ago. So um, it's going to be an exciting one to watch. Well, if you're lucky enough to get a, a sack or an interception or a, a tackle or at one point, are we going to see a gun, some guns up maybe from you? Maybe if my teammates don't tackle me, you know, too quickly, maybe I'll be able to sneak one up there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be watching. I, I would love to see it. Well, you know, everybody here is rooting for you. Uh, Red Raider fans love you, and uh, we're super pumped that you're you're playing so well in the XFL and you got this opportunity, and we want to wish you the best of luck. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. So, Colin Schooler, I think it's a 7 o'clock game tomorrow night, taking on D.C. Arlington, the XFL Championship. When we come back, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout going to join us. Red Raiders have a humongous series this weekend, going to try to climb the mountain in Morgantown against the Mountaineers <laughs> of West Virginia. We'll talk to him about that. And then on deck, Paul Gilbert, head coach of the Lubbock Matadors. Stay with us. It's Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Show live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. All updates with Red Raider Dugout's Keith Patrick. Oh, hey, Keith Patrick. How are you, How are you doing? I'm here. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> well, well, before we talk about this huge series this weekend, and, and maybe people don't realize just how huge it is, yeah. why don't you uh, give us your thoughts on this uh, two games uh, you know, this week against uh, Abilene Christian University. It was the, you know, the finishing the suspended game. You're down 6 nothing in the fourth, and... Uh, I was shocked what they did, scoring you know eight one runs in one inning, seven in another, and they they win that first game fifteen to eleven. Uh, we saw some fight, and uh, you know they didn't come in thinking, well, we've already lost this one. Which, of course, as an athlete, you wouldn't think that, but right. uh, they just kept battling, knocking away, and, and got it done. They did, and they didn't start great, to be honest. Right. I mean, they the you're in the fourth, you know, and and all of a sudden you go down in order in the fifth, you get the bases loaded, and no runs across in the sixth, and thinking. Hey man, like how is this gonna go? But yeah, they turn it on. I mean, and, 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 and then they got down nine nothing. Yes, yeah, you're down. Yeah, I should say you're down nine nothing, and everybody. I mean, I'm sure that the the 50 people that made it out for the continuation part were like, this is terrible, you know. But then yeah, 15 runs in two innings. I mean, you got hot in a hurry. Austin Green, Gavin Cash, Dylan Maxey all hit home runs. I mean, it was. It was exactly what you would want to see against a whack opponent in your own ballpark. And to kind of paint the picture, too, that I thought was interesting. So that game, you know, you do get that win. So that's a road win in your own ballpark for a continuation from April 25th. And then remember, you follow that with a game that was canceled before because of bad weather and moved all the way back to May 9th. And so, really, neither of those games should ever have happened in Lubbock on that day, and you end up with a game and a half. But they did not slow down one bit uh, walking into the next one as far as Texas Tech and the bats. And, and 13-3. You, yeah, and you win that one kind of just dominating fashion. I mean, Zane Petty has a great three innings. Jacob Rogers has a, also a great three innings. And Ryan Free turns in a good inning at the end. And, and you did, again, what you needed. Hudson White hits a home run. He has a four-for-four four day with a walk. Wow. Um, it was just... It was exactly what you wanted, for sure, 
to turn around and go into a really tough weekend to feel like, hey, there's some momentum. You got the win against Sam Houston State in the weekend series, got a little momentum, got the bats going again. Maybe you figured out the lineup a little bit because it's had some changes and you're heading towards what has become, you know, the most important series of your of your year right now. How does the RPI look at this point? I believe the last time I looked you were the 52 uh, which is a good spot to be. What is it, Sean? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. So it's settled a little bit in, with some with some other action, and um, it, it's funny because you win that continuation game and you jump four spots in the RPI because it was a road game. Yeah, ah, that's funny. <laughs> and so, yeah, you're in a position now. Um, I don't think you have to go get a sweep in in Morgantown, although that would be fantastic. Uh, you you show out well in Morgantown. They're uh, 19, the last I saw, as far as West Virginia is. Um, so it's not really one that the losses will hurt so much as the wins can help a ton. Push yourself back up into the 40s, potentially, and then take care of business in your final weekend against Kansas. And I think, you know, you have been firmly on the bubble. D1 Baseball has continued to project you as the last five in. Um, but you don't want to be in either one of those bubble conversations, really. So this is the weekend, and then taking care of business next weekend that can push you back into at least firmly in, you know, not not in the hosting conversation. Point blank, if you win both these series against West Virginia, which I know is a tall order, it's a big mm-hmm. ask, uh, especially there. And But then, like you said, handling your business against Kansas, are you in the tournament? Yes. What if, what if you only get one in Morgantown and handle your business against Kansas? Is it? I think one in Morgantown pushes you where you need to be. Really? Yeah. I think That's, you need the sweep. Okay. I think you need the sweep against Kansas. Okay. I think the win in Morgantown is is icing, but I do think a win in, in Morgantown will push you, yeah, where you need to be, and then you got to you got to get the sweep because Kansas's RPI is in the one teens, so they're not going to help you at all. Has Tech swept a Big Twelve series this year? No, I don't. Th- I didn't think so. Mm-mm. But Kansas is. A nice candidate. <laughs> yes, they are. They are. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, there's your question. Yeah. Who's the Sunday starter and how are they yeah. going to come out and what's it going to look like? But, you know, the midweeks are done. And so you had, again, like I just mentioned, between Petty and Rogers, uh, you had two guys that had some more good midweek action that you can factor into Sundays now, you know, without having to worry about that extra game. Uh, and then, you know, everybody asks about the Big 12 tournament. Well, if you show out, if you do this or that kind of what we've seen over the years the impression of what the committee does um pass about friday in those conference tournaments they don't care you know other than aqs they're not they're not paying a lot of attention to what's happening even if you make it to the championship game and make your case they've already made those decisions it's the same with basketball i try and tell people because of course you know fans like you said you know whether it be on social media or inside the red or or like here at bubba's yeah somebody come up like hey hey uh or you know do they need to win one or two in the in kansas city and it's like I don't think they really look at it. I mean, it's just year after year, those wins or losses, unless it's just a really bad loss in the first round, mm-hmm. like what you're mentioning, uh, or a big win, big upset, they really don't factor in, into the committee's decisions with basketball. So it's interesting. It's the same way with baseball. It doesn't seem to, in, in my opinion. And I think that the interesting thing with the RPI, too, I had a friend texting the other day, and, and he said, so they'll look at the RPI and selection. What's the next thing they look at? And I said, probably strength of schedule and then your quad one through four wins and records. And he said, well, isn't that the stuff that makes up RPI? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So yeah. you look at the RPI and then you look at all the pieces of RPI and that's how you make a decision. And this is also your nine and nine in quad one games right now. So if you can get a series win in Morgantown, you have a winning record in quad ones. Um, that's a tall order for sure, but you can at least add to that resume a little bit. This would be your last opportunity from a quad standpoint. Does Tex 
status as a you know established program, which uh, quite honestly we're not used to that with Texas Tech sports. We're used to kind of going against in like say football and basketball. But with being such an established baseball power, does that maybe help if you're right there if they're choosing between maybe them and somebody else or or not? I think it did in 2019. Yeah. I think it and yeah. I think it did in 2021. I think that you have you've gotten some benefit of the doubt. I think 2021 especially. Uh, being a national seed that year, there was a little bit of a of that tech bump, you know. But you can lose that in a hurry, you know. Yeah. There, there's a short memory in that kind of thing, unless you're a, you know, an, a, a for if you're you're a Texas. I mean, Texas right. or Oklahoma State, even you know, kind of a perennial power over the years. Um, and, and Oklahoma State, that's a stretch, really. I mean, but historically, big time. So like a Flor- Florida State, yeah. Florida, uh, well, Texas. when Mike Martin was when still he was there, there. now, yeah, that's, now that's kind of gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you could be in danger of losing that bump a little bit. And I think you saw that this year in the preseason. You had some rankings because Tim Tadlock's your coach and you were Texas Tech, but you weren't getting that that high level. You know, you were lower in the rankings because of the unknowns, and rightly so, I think. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think Tim Tadlock would be upset about that either. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a big weekend of opportunity for sure, but I just never want to miss my chance to say the RPI is broken and it stinks. <laughs> right. If because of weather they've moved already one game up and around, if you only get two in and you split, does that help or – does not having a non-loss versus the number 18 RPI, does that help or hurt? I think it probably helps. I mean, if, if that was a if, – if you're saying you split instead of going one and two, I would think that that helps. And that's funny because if you guys remember several years ago, it came down to the very end of the season. You needed to sweep T- – you needed to win the series against TCU to win the Big 12 championship, if I remember right. Oklahoma State was playing at home. It might have been Bedlam. I can't remember who, who their opponent was. Um, so you needed to win your series to get that. Well, they ended up having to bang one of their games because of weather. So they end up in a, in a two-game situation, and then all of a sudden the winning percentages get shifted around, and now you need a sweep to win the Big 12 where before you just needed the series win. So that kind of thing can start to factor into. I mean, you go to Morgantown and get a sweep, and you've just blown the Big 12 apart. I mean, things get even crazier than they already are. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that if that happened, which is unusual to lose a game completely, but um, I think that, that that would help, I mean, in your situation from an RPI standpoint. Before we get to Pete's version of Stump to Schwab here, which I know we all love, uh, give us a quick uh, scouting report on West Virginia. Two guys I'll mention. Um, one of the best hitters in the country, truly, his name is J.J. Weatherholt. Uh, he is kind of the, stir- the straw that stirs the drink for them. He's batting 470 on the season. He's got 36 extra base hits. That includes 14 home runs. He's slugging 834. I mean, he is he is big time. He is wow. legit. He's already a Team USA uh, invitee for this summer. Um, big time for them, and, and that's a big one. Te- Tevin Tucker is another one for them that's a big bat. Um, they're, a, they're a pretty good offensive club, and, and they, they have won a lot this season and been able to do that. The other guy I want to mention is the um, – is Blaine Traxel, and there was a little bit of controversy with him. Traxel's their Saturday starter. He is an absolute inning eater for them. He has five complete games this season. He's got 86. Yes. Wow. He's got 86 and two-thirds innings pitched for them as a starter. On he's their Saturday guy, and he's he's had a I mean he's had a good season. He's got a 3.32 ERA. He's six and four. The thing with him, so last Saturday, or last Sunday, excuse me, pitches Saturday, Sunday, jumps out of the dugout to celebrate a home run with a cone on his head and, like, has a catcher's mask, and he gets tossed because there's a new rule that you can't use 
props outside of the dugout. Last year with the chains and the cowboy hats and all that, oh, it's unsports. Yeah. It's basically an unsportsmanlike. So um, he gets tossed. You would look at the rule and say, well, that's an unsportsmanlike. He's a pitcher, just like Brandon Beckel. He's going to get four games. And that rule specifically says it doesn't matter if you're currently pitching in the game or were already removed in the game, you're still a pitcher getting four-game suspension. He ends up with a one-game suspension, mm. uh, so misses a midweek game that he wouldn't have pitched in anyway and uh, never really got an explanation about that. But Texas Tech was told there's no appeal, there's no interpretation, this is the rule. But I will agree the rule says nothing about a pitcher that has not pitched in this game or yeah. pitched the day before that's just a guy in the dugout at that point. So there you have it. So you will be facing their full rotation. But Blaine Traxel on the mound Saturday for them is a big one, and J.J. Weatherholt at the plate. Those are those are the two, two guys. Other thing with this team, they steal a ton of bases. Okay. And that is probably your biggest weakness yeah. is stopping, you know, walks to turning into triples. And so I would expect to see Maxi twice this weekend. I think he's a little bit stronger defensively at this point, at least the throwing out. Uh, could be wrong, but that's what I would see, and, and you've got to limit that. And that's on the pitchers, too. The pitchers have to help limit and keep those runners on. You know, if Jeff was here right now, he'd mention your pearl uh, yeah, yeah. I wore a poncho oh, for Jeff. Oh, yeah. I didn't see the poncho. Oh, poncho shirt, yeah. Sorry, Jeff, you missed a poncho. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's, I like it. It's time for okay. Pete's I, favorite thing. I don't have good ones this week. Stump the dugout. Come on, around. man. Don't let us down, Pete. It's a Come layup on, for him. Oh, okay. oh. Well, so I'm going to throw out some Red Raiders. You tell me where they are. Okay. Caleb Freeman. Caleb Freeman is in double A. Um, I'm going to have to remember the team. Oh, oh. but uh, I will give you half credit for saying Yeah, half credit. <laughs> He's in the, he is in the White Sox organization, um, I believe. Sean's going to pull it up, I know. Uh, but, yes, he's still playing in double A. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised. He had a really great year as a as a second-year guy, and then third year kind of didn't do nearly as much. Remember the party at Freeman shirts in the postseason? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, still playing in double-A, and I will tell you, I'm looking at the website. Yeah, the Birmingham Barons. So Birmingham Barons, that's the White Sox. And so he's teammates with uh, Tyler yeah, That's Neslone. where Michael Jordan played for a while, right? That's right, yeah. One of the oldest parks in America, teammates with Tyler Nesloni. You know, I forgot about this guy. I, I really enjoyed him when he was here. Uh, Dylan Dusick. Dylan, I believe, is done or pretty close to it. Yeah. He has been around for a long time, and he has continued to play. He continued to play for quite a while. But he Ma came back from injury. I mean, he, he did. Yeah. He mainly played independent ball for several years and then, yeah. and then hung him up. Yep. How about Zach Reams? Zach Reams played just a couple seasons. He was in the Mets organization. I believe uh, high A was probably where he finished, and then he moved along. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a couple names, one that I just thought of. This is a way-back machine. Yeah. Duke Von Schaman is, oh, is, best name ever. is still playing. He's playing wow. for the for the uh, the Revolution, I believe. Yeah, the York Revolution. <laughs> say, say that. Say his name, and he's playing for the Revolution. Duke, Duke Von Schaman for the York Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my um, and then, and you've asked me a couple times over this, Pete, about John McMillan. Yeah. Exciting news for him this week. He got promoted to high A. Oh, good. Uh, so okay. really happy for him, and he's had a great season so far. His first four saves uh, in his career, so he's really done great. And Yeah, it's been a good one for him. And then I don't know where he's coaching now, Joe Dillon. Who's he with? Oh, is he with the, Ain uh, the Dodgers? Joe Dillon, I believe, is still with the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, yeah still coaching. Um, of course, Stubby Clapp still coaching. 
Um, is he still with St. Louis? He is. He's, okay, yeah. He suplexed Pete Alonzo last year in that in that benches clearing brawl, and so yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. And and David and I talked about this on Dinger Derby, but been pulling for Johnny Mack and excited to see him have a good year and, yeah. and get a chance to move up. But a lot of guys having really good seasons right now. Uh, really yeah. good seasons. There is one correction. Oh, oh, oh. Right. No, I'm just. I gotta fix the website. Right yeah. <laughs> Come on, Keith Patrick doesn't make mistakes. Oh, that's the man not with two true. first names. Not <laughs> true. He's the man with two first names. <laughs> well, man, Keith, uh, where can people find you on, on with Red Raider Dugout? So are you. What? Pete Christie. Oh, well, that's man, two first that's, names. Yeah, but that's, that's a right. woman's name. <laughs> Still, first name. So, a man with two <laughs> you, first names. You were trying to throw woman. some little uh, like under the table smack talk. No, that's just sliding by. I was like, no, no, Pete. That's been my whole life. Oh, you got two first names. It's time for what's Pete angry about? I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just saying. I think it's hot with two first names. I'm hot now. Yes. You can find me. You can find our work at Red Raider Dugout on Twitter and on RedRaiderDugout.com. We had a new episode of Dinger Derby this week, uh, myself and David Collier. So always a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody's support. Thank you guys. Always love coming on and, and enjoy it. So thanks for making it fun. What are you laughing about? I mean, I, I really have three first names. What do you mean? Uh, my middle name is Bradley. There so, you go. Yeah. Keith Bradley. Patrick, yeah. thank yes. you so much. Yes. Wow. I like it. <laughs> What's your middle name? I don't have a middle name. I have a middle initial. What is it? N. N. Well, Christy's like your stage name or whatever, right? So, Anyways, so, so I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is it short for like Nancy? No. Why would it be Nancy? I don't know. I was just no, my my I feel like dad. That's an airplane reference. I, I think it's. A, <laughs> I, I'm actually Greek, it so I think it's a Greek thing. It uh, is an airplane my, reference. My, bro, yeah. my father's name was Nicholas, so he just got his initial because uh, I don't oh, think we were good cool. enough to get the whole name. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, you Kate, have to earn the name. Yeah, that's right. that's right. I'm still working on it all these years. So, uh, Keith, we'll see you next week. Yes, yes, absolutely, guys. Awesome. Have fun. When we come back, we will talk to Paul. Paul Gilbert, the Lubbock Matadors, opening up their season with a red out Saturday night, 7.30, out at Lubbock Cooper Pirate Stadium. You'll get all the details. Tickets. And we're going to give away some tickets. We got tickets. Right. So this is, I mean, I'm telling you, you got to go. This is fan-friendly. It's a lot of fun. Um, and they only have six home games, so this is, this is one of them Saturday night. But we'll be talking Lubbock Matadors football. To them, but if Jeff was here, he'd say soccer, and then he'd apologize for it. Uh, but that's another story. Uh, when we come back, it's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Show on Rock. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rock and Pregame, Jeff Scott. The Lubbock Matadors. Welcome back to the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Show. Joining us now, head coach of the Lubbock Matadors football team, which is soccer in the U.S., uh, is Paul Gilbert. Uh, coach, uh, 
a season opener, home opener tomorrow night out at Lubbock Cooper. Uh, you got uh, West Texas FC coming in 7:30, and uh, let me just quickly say, rain or shine, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm so excited to be back uh, to kick this summer off, hopefully on a, a really high note. Uh, obviously, every year is a challenge getting getting players in and getting them accustomed to each other and uh, kind of trying to build a game plan for the first game. It's a little a little challenging, so hopefully. Hopefully our uh, quality will be on display. Obviously, West Texas FC, very talented team, very good coach, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a great match for all the fans. Through all these practices, have you been able to assess, man, we're going to go this, this, this? You kind of know the lineup. Yeah, I think I think I've got a pretty good idea, but there's still still a few guys that are are kind of kind of battling for for one of those starting spots and. Tonight we'll make some final decisions and let the players know so they're prepared for tomorrow. Uh, but but all in all, I, I've told the guys this is a, a summer long thing. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so, if guys aren't in the 11 or the 18 for this Saturday, I mean they could be there next Saturday or the week after that. And so, for us, it's um, it's about the totality of our training group and the quality within the group. And I think I think that's gonna be very beneficial to us down the road what's the difference from last year starting the season first time ever to this year going into your second year what's it like for you yeah massive difference so i think it first starts with the recruiting element because now you're you're selling and something that is, they can see they've seen the the product they've seen what the experience is like and that tends to be a little bit easier to to get kids uh talented players here for that so that that's been a little easier because we've been able to be a little bit more picky with the guys that we bring in and how they fit how we want to play and then the second piece is we have a lot of guys who are very familiar with myself coach Yuri, coach braxton and so that only helps speed the process along of of coming together as a team games tomorrow night 7:30 out at lubbock cooper gm dustin mccorkle joining us too uh, how can people get tickets and just talk about the excitement going on because it's not just show up at 7:30. you got things beforehand as well yeah so starting at uh, five o'clock tomorrow we're going to be having our pregame party it will be out at cooper in the parking lot we're going to have live music we're going to have food trucks uh there'll be some games for kids so come out early. Uh, the big thing for tomorrow, it's red out night. So if you're showing up, wear your red. Gatorade, uh, Pepsi are going to do some uh, co-branded red rally towels for the first 1,000 fans. Uh, we had a tremendous uh, home support last year with over 4,000 at the first game. So don't let the weather keep you away. Let's go set a new record for this uh, upcoming season because we've got a good and better roster prepared by coach, and uh, we want to show the support. And you have a new... A new Classico yeah. kind of trophy. We've got the Dustico trophy here. It is a giant tumbleweed. If you have not, go to uh, Rock 101 Rock and Pregame Twitter and see this trophy in its amazingness. It, yeah. So it, it was a uh, it was amazing how that idea came up. But we were trying to think of something that represented West Texas uh, fully. And so since we play uh, Midland twice. Uh, we are going to reward the winner at the end of the season uh, with the golden tumbleweed. And uh, really cool that we'll be able to share this with our partners. So whoever takes it home will be rotating locally. And uh, you can go check it out at lubbockmatadors.com. So if there's a tie, 
how, how what is the tiebreaker? Yes. Because it, since nobody owns it to begin, normally if you have a, a tie, the person who last has it holds it. What happens in this year? Well, it'll, it'll come back to Lubbock because we'll be. Uh, it'll go to goal differential, and I know Paul's going to put some goals uh, <laughs> up. So no pressure, Paul. Uh, yeah. So if we split the series, it'll come into uh, who scored more more goals. Coach, what do you know about the West Texas FC? Yeah, obviously, you know, Midland Odessa has had a team in the past, and they took took a year off, and they've got some new ownership. Uh, pretty familiar with their their coach, who uh, I know really well, and I think he's he's really talented, and he'll be a, he'll have recruited a great team, and he'll uh, play a really good, exciting style of football, and you know, I, I expect them to be very well prepared. So. Just from what we've seen, like they're going to have really talented players, but in terms of like very specific details, it's, it's kind of hard because every year these teams, every team is going to be so different. I mean, you can look down the line in past years, and one year a team's at the top of the league, the next year they're at the bottom. And I think uh, that consistency piece is what we're hoping for for our own team, in that we can consistently get better and finish higher in the league each year than we did the year before. As you look at, at your team, what kind of sets are you looking to run? Are you going to be using two strikers, three strikers? Oh, there's no way I'm telling you that. Come on, Paul. But, uh, no, no, no. I, I think I think for us, it, it's it's not about the formation. It's about the style of play. It's about the principles that we we want to implement within our team. Because each during matches, when you sub at halftime. Uh, each game in and game out, you might change the setup of your team, but you don't necessarily change how you choose to play. At least that's that's our view of football. Is um, you know we want to be who we are and have a very clear identity, but we may shift some guys around here and there depending on who's in the lineup and the individual player profiles and things like that. So uh, that's kind of how we're going to approach it. And, and I got to brag on Paul real quick. If you didn't keep up with us last year, uh, as an expansion team, never been formed before, six four and two. Uh, record so had a winning record and we beat the national champions from the year before twice um, so I feel like we're only going to get better uh, and there was so much to be excited and proud of year one so uh, we're looking to continue to grow that and you have and you return back a bunch of key players like your goalkeeper you know yeah. who, who are the players on the attacking end that we kind of need to keep an eye on this year yeah so um Marcus Krogstad is is a guy who he came in and played at Indiana Tech for this past spring. Uh, we like him so much, we brought him here. He he's a, a, a force, I would say, to be reckoned with. And then uh, we have another guy coming in. His name's Krishan Lopez, and he he was under a professional contract, uh, but he, his goal is to get in here in the United States and maybe move up to the USL at some point. And so he'll be here next week, and I think he's a really, really talented player. Plays on the Blues national team, plays in CONCACAF Nations League, like crazy, crazy good experience. And so I think I think those two, and then and really everybody, like I can't speak highly enough about all the guys. Pablo Galatero Diaz, our leading goal scorer, he's back. So uh, I think it's going to be a, an exciting year. Dustin, as we get closer and closer to the season beginning, and then, as fast as it comes, it's going to be gone. How has this team progressed, in your mind, from an operational standpoint, to the future where, you know, 
we were joking, you know, some USL teams don't even get 4,000 fans, right. and you guys are getting 4,000 fans. How is this progressing to moving up to another higher level? Yeah, I mean, we've already had a ton of eyeballs on us. Uh, USL, which is pro soccer right above us, uh, contacted me at the end of the season last year, said they followed our attendance, our engagements, and everything that we did. They're already wanting to talk to us about helping us build a stadium uh, and bringing pro soccer to Lubbock uh, to play in League One. Uh, we're not ready for, for that kind of jump and leap yet, uh, but I think if we can maintain consistency and continue to grow, I mean, we went from 20-something partners year one to 60-something this year. Uh, so you're seeing the business community step up. Uh, you're seeing the engagement, and with us rolling out a new mascot that's going to be in schools uh, and participating year-round, our goal is uh, to bring the Matadors to, to everyone. And with that, ticket sales for this week's game help our community. Correct. Yeah, LubbockMadors.com. That's where you can go buy all your tickets. Uh, we still have season tickets available for you, but um, we're also partnering with nonprofits. So uh, Lubbock Madors are all about give back. Uh, so a portion of proceeds will be going back to a nonprofit each and every single game that will be recognized. Uh, this week will be the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, so if you have a passion for our community, for our youth, uh, there will be a way by your participation and support of our club that you'll be making an impact in our community each week. And then how can people get tickets now or even at coming up to the to the uh, event Saturday? Yeah, you can buy uh, the day of at the game at uh, Cooper uh, Pirate Stadium, but uh, we encourage people, if you want to save a little money, go on our website, LubbockMatadors.com. Uh, go to our tickets page, and it's real simple to get your tickets uh, through there. Um, but uh, we, we encourage everybody to show up loud and proud on Saturday, and then we got another one quick turnaround next Saturday as well. I mean, it's a, a fun family atmosphere. Can you guys speak to the to the soccer atmosphere? I mean, we're going to see smoke bombs, the chants. I mean, you guys, you really get a good feel being in the crowd. Yeah, I, th I don't think uh, some people realize what soccer culture actually is or what it means. Uh, I had to explain it to a few of our fans last year who were upset that uh, some people were banging drums all game. Uh, but the idea of it being dead silent in there just... Uh, that, that's not exciting, and that's not traditional to our sport. So uh, Paul can tell you uh, our, our supporters group that shows up with their instruments, uh, they do. They will have red smoke bombs that will go off when we score goals. Uh, we'll have different nations' flags flying, uh, representing all the different countries that are on our club. Uh, and it means a lot, I think, to the team. As long as you don't have the Vuvas with Alas, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the, the amazing thing about soccer supporters, football supporters, is is the unity and uniting of people from all different kinds of backgrounds around a common a common cause of to score a goal and to keep the other team from scoring a goal. Like and there's just beauty in that. There's beauty in people from all over uh, singing and chanting and banging drums and all that stuff. And so for us, I think we, we can't wait to see that. We're we're proud of the diversity of our team. And uh, we hope that that, that kind of carries over into the to the fans, and I, I know it will be. Yeah, one of our biggest fans is actually from Scotland. Uh, so when we signed a Scottish player this year, his family was very, very excited. And it's those kind of things that you don't realize sometimes out being out in West Texas that we even have people from those parts of the world living here, but they are, and this is something that connects with them. And school's almost up. You guys are going to have camps? Oh, yeah, soccer camp's coming up. We'll have three different ones. Again, go to the website, LubbockMatadors.com. Uh, you can go register your kid. If you sign up for premium, premium season tickets, uh, you actually get a free camp for your child, which is a $99 value for three days. 
Um, so with the jersey as well. Uh, so we try and make it a no-brainer with benefits and uh, other things to go on ahead and commit to the six games that uh, we're going to be playing at home. Final thoughts, Coach. 7.30 Saturday night, first game, West Texas FC out at Lubbock Cooper Pirate Stadium. Uh, I know you can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so exciting to be back. And as soon as I know as soon as we see the Mozos coming in and all the fans filling the stands, like, It'll just just bring back that rush that we had last season, and uh, I know it's going to be exciting. And I think our players are ready, and it'll it'll be a great test for us to kind of kind of gauge where we're at. And uh, I'll remind you, last year we we didn't get off to the best start, but we finished really really strong. So uh, I've been telling the guys like, hey, I, I we understand that we want to be our best uh, towards the end of the playoffs, but we we got to do some work here at the beginning to make that a little bit easier on ourselves. So hopefully we'll have a good performance. Uh, but all in all, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. And uh, we know the community is with us through thick and thin, and I I'm really excited uh, for, the for the beginning of the season. Awesome. Well, good luck uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Awesome. When, when we come back, Jared Johnson's going to give us an update on uh, what's going on with recruiting with Texas Tech and then uh, the upcoming visitor list for June. Plenty of potential uh, stepping into the 806 uh, to check out Texas Tech football. Stay with us. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show live from Bubba's 33 on Rock. Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting with Jared Johnson. Well, Man, recruiting never sleeps. That's an old cliche, but, uh, man, it's truer now than ever uh, for both, well, for all sports, but basketball and football, the transfer portal and everything. And there's a big announcement this morning. We're going to be talking mostly football, but I, uh, I'll, I'll, I have to mention that uh, Warren Washington, the seven-foot center transfer from Arizona State, chose Texas Tech over TCU, uh, among many others. He was down to those two. Uh, he com announced his commitment today. So uh, that was something that had been in the works for, for a little bit. I think uh, Coach Graham McCaslin even kind of gave a, like a preview without, you know, announcing it uh, yesterday at a fundraiser, a fundraising event. So Warren Washington, uh, we mentioned it on the first segment of the show. I uh, want to mention it again, just getting that dude in there, uh, you know, about a 10.6 rebound guy, blocking a half, almost two blocks, uh, seven-footer. Um, and a veteran dude who's good. He's going to start for you at center. I mean, um, and that's huge. Uh, physical player. I, I, this was an announcement that needed to happen. This was a player that needed to be added. Uh, another announcement today with Texas Tech basketball, uh, Demario Williams said he's coming back um, while we were on the show. Uh, that was announced. So that's another big addition, I think, in terms of depth. At least he knows the deal with the Big 12. He knows the deal with Texas Tech. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the roster. And then with football, we're a ways away from this, but uh, it was <clears throat> it was announced. Or, yeah, it's been announced kind of on Twitter. I've uh, been coming out, and you know we knew talking with the you know the coaches and everything that they were going to have a big. Uh, you know, it's just the, the way the recruiting cycle works anyways, that June has become what we call commit season in the recruiting game because that's when the official visits happen now. I can't remember when that started happening. It used to only be like after you start your senior season, you can take your official visits. But within the last three or four years, there's been so many changes with college sports, I can't keep up with the, the timeline of it. But uh, this is a relatively new uh, development. But... Uh, you know, June is a, is a big month around the country in terms of football recruiting and hosting your top targets on campus for official visits. And 
the difference between official visits and a regular visit is basically um, they roll out the red carpet, and the recruit and their family, they don't have to pay for travel. All that's taken care of, uh, you know, hotel. I think they usually put them up in the Overton, but I don't know uh, if that's what they're doing uh, this June. Uh, but it's, you know, two days, uh, very good eating. Uh, they, like I said, they roll out the red carpet. And it's generally your top targets are who, who you host uh, for your official visits. The regular visits, I mean, you get a, a wide spectrum of, in terms of uh, interest from both the recruit and the, the, the staff. Uh, they come check it out. It's on their own dime. So this is a big deal. And this is an especially big deal this year because uh, we have a list on Inside the Red Raiders of over 20 names coming in. There's two big weekends. Uh, June 9th through 11th is the first one, and then the following weekend, June 16th through June 18th. Um, like I said, there's 20 names listed on here. I bet there is at least a dozen of the top 100 recruits in Texas for the 2024 class uh, coming in with those two weekends. Uh, some of the main guys, um, the, well, the first weekend, Casey Poe is one of the top offensive linemen in, in the country. Uh, he just confirmed with me a couple of nights ago that he will be here that weekend for the 9th and 11th. I mean, he's got offers from, like, Alabama's recruiting him hard, uh, Oregon, Oklahoma, I think, is probably the leader. But he's visited Tech, like I said, four or five times. Um, this is an opportunity. And, you know, go ahead and bet against Joey McGuire and James Blanchard at your own peril uh, with, with these kind of things. Uh, Casey Poe is uh, from Lindale uh, High School here in Texas. And, uh, you know, he would be a huge addition. You already have three commits uh, three offensive linemen commits for this class, so those spots are filling up quickly. What's the difference? There's always a, a player, whether it be a quarterback or, or a key player, that helps round up these these commits. Who's that key player for this class, and when is he coming? Yeah, quarterback Will Hammond. It's usually your quarterback. Um, now there's several other guys. Uh, Holden Hendricks, yeah, Holden. You know, local guy. He does a really good job of helping recruit, but uh, Will Hammond. Um, you know, he actually has told me, gave me a quote basically that other than, you know, preparing for next season and getting better, bigger, stronger, faster, and all that stuff, his favorite thing to do right now is help recruit to Texas Tech, that he's that active in it. Um, they have a group chat. They all talk, all the commits talk. They have nine commits for this class right now. Um, and, you know, they're, they're trying to get to know each other through that group chat. And then these visitor weekends are huge for that because, I mean, and we have guys on, on all the time on the show, and they talk about just the camaraderie. And when we ask them about the recruitment, they remember that official visit weekend when they met a lot of the other commits from around the state or maybe even the country, depending on the class and how special it is. So this is a, this, these are special weekends. Um, what I do find interesting, though, and it's usually just schedule. It's nothing more than that. Uh, but five-star wide receiver Micah Hudson, who many believe Texas Tech uh, is in the best spot right now. They have the best relationship with him and have a very good chance of, of landing uh, Micah Hudson. He's a five-star receiver out of Lake Belton. Rated, depending on what recruiting service you look at, you know, uh, but basically the consensus is he's a top 10 overall recruit in the country for the 2020 class. Game-changing dude. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not seeing his game completely comparison because he's a He's a really fast dude. He's a Canadian state meet uh, as a sprinter. Uh, so, but 
Michael Crabtree impact potentially. Really? We're talking about potential in in with recruiting. I'm not saying he's gonna be Michael Crabtree or you know, catch on twenty you know almost every season for two seasons. <clears throat> he's he's that kind of high impact guy. He would raise like that would raise eyebrows to coast to coast in the recruiting world if Micah Hudson did sign with Texas Tech. What about uh, there was that player that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago from Britain that yeah let's see I think did he make the top th- top four uh, with USC uh, and Tennessee's in the sure um, but suspects in that final group after his round of official visits I believe also but it was his first time in the uh, that's a coy right yeah yeah a Koye, he's uh he's one of those those freaks and he. Is from England, so that's that's just not something you say a lot with football or college football recruiting. But um, obviously, Holly coveted for his athleticism, um, his size, and I think he had like uh, ridiculous sprinter speed at like six three two forty. Um, had a forty three inch vertical. I mean, he's just a freak, freak of nature. Very raw, of course, but uh, big time programs are in for him. You've talked <laughs> about the O line. You've talked about getting your quarterback. You've talked about, you know, what about the defense? Oh, man, there's so many good defensive players coming in. Uh, Peyton Morgan is a safety I, I talked with recently um, out of Pflugerville Weiss. He is really blown up. Tech was on him early. He's visited a couple of times, and uh, he says Coach Blanchard and Coach McGuire. So you got your head coach. And the head of recruiting is who he talks to the most. So that gives you an idea how much they want want uh, Peyton Morgan. But he's a versatile safety who, though, there's a lot. All these guys, I mean, it's not like you're competing with, no offense to these programs, I'm just saying, but like not UTSC or UTSA and UNT. You're competing against top-level le- top uh, Power 5 programs for these guys, and Peyton Morgan's one of those. Uh, <clears throat> I know Nebraska's really at home. Uh, so that that's something to watch. But him coming in for that official visit could be huge in terms of closing the deal with him because he says him and McGuire, him and Blanchard, they're like family to him. Hey, I saw this morning Reese Burkhart. Yeah. The kicker from UAB is coming. Yeah. And he's not the only kicker coming in this uh, summer. That's uh, interesting. Like, they're, they're putting – and I'm, I'm glad to see this, that they're putting such a uh, – Emphasis on the special teams and, and specifically kickers, but uh, Kyle Limmerman out of South, South Lake Carroll, considered by most to be the number one kicker in the country for the class, is also coming in. He's not sure. I was talking with him just the other night. He doesn't know which weekend it's going to be, but that Texas Tech's gonna, definitely going to be there right up until the end. They haven't narrowed his list down, but he has all, like everybody in the Big 12 has offered him. Uh, he's like the highest recruited kicker. I mean, a lot of kickers don't get offered, to be honest. So they're not just putting all their eggs in one basket with kicker. Uh, Burkhart's another option uh, for Texas Tech. As this proceeds in June, what if if this happens, you'll be happy with the official visit weekends? You know what's funny is I, I don't want to say I've had like anxiety or constant like concern going on these weekends, but with this staff, man, I don't have concerns. Like they're going to get some like some of these guys they want. I mean, it's book it. You know, I mean, it's Joey freaking McGuire, you know, and his staff. They they close. Uh, they're the best recruiters I've seen here at Texas Tech and in eSport, including Chris Beard by a wide margin. 
and what they do, especially when you're talking about the numbers with fo- involved with football. Uh, you mentioned some of the, you mentioned asked me about defense. I mean, some of the guys they have coming in, like Ashton Bethel Roman, is a four-star guy. Uh, he's a receiver, excuse me. Uh, Chima uh, Chinike, uh, edge, I really like. Uh, Cheto Philly, a four-star commit. You're, he's your highest-rated commit right now. Uh, safety Chris Wakoma just just mentioned, uh, I think yesterday. Um, they're really going after DBs. Ashton Hampton's coming in too. Uh, they're going to land some of these guys. And what's here's the thing. My, if I have a concern, it's not will they get a bunch of commits or, or is it going to be a successful couple of weekends. It's how are they going to figure out to like who they're going to cut down to. Like spots are going to fill up. Be like, sorry, you know, I'm like really highly rated guys that are going to play power five football somewhere else. Because when we talked to McGuire in spring, I asked him like, you know, how, how's the class shaping up and everything. And you know, this is on YouTube. You go on text YouTube. He said. Look, we're going to try, and it's going to be a smaller class. We're going to try and get up to 18 commits. I mean, they just took, what, 25 and then a whole bunch of uh, guys out of the portal as well. I mean, that this is going to be a significantly smaller class. So the concern isn't, <clears throat> not that you said that, but there is no concern about if they're going to get their guys. It's how, who are they going to choose, who's going to get you know, left standing when the music stops. And... Will they make the right decision there is really where the concern is. And the transfer portal closed yes. yesterday? Is that right? Was, I can't remember the day, uh, but recently, yes. So now that no m- more people can enter, is it now you can use that as a filler spot to be able to take care of anything else that you may need? What is that you're asking me about? The tran- you're using the transfer? Oh, yes, yes. Indeed. I guess I didn't understand the question. I, did you understand? No, I didn't. Okay, all right. You're eating your pizza. I was. I was. Hey, I just want to mention, uh, while I can, um, this coming Wednesday, yes. men and women, please come join us at my monthly lunch. I got Red Raider linebacker Bryce Ramirez. It'll be eight months to the day. Eight months to the day uh, when he fractured his leg hmm. at the NC State game. Uh, come watch him walk up to the podium and tell his story. Uh, we're going to pray with him afterwards. And uh, we are at 8517 Urbana, 1145 a.m. next Wednesday, $10 lunch. Come uh, join us, food, fun, fellowship, and Bryce Ramirez. So uh, hopefully we'll see some of you folks out there. Before we go, I've got four tickets for Lubbock Matadors. Come up and see us. And then also wanted to let you know that uh, Rabbit's uh, Camp yes. that was supposed to be this week has been moved because of of logistics on getting everybody there. It's been moved to July 21st at Lubbock Christian High School. So July 21st. I want to mention one more guy. This is how good this group of recruits, how it's very different from what we're used to at Texas Tech. A guy I didn't even mention uh, is, it's, Sean, I want you to pronounce this, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. 6'4", 255-pound defense alignment, class of 2024, from Conroe Oak Ridge High School. He's uh, rated as the number 14 defense alignment in the country, a top 20 <laughs> recruit in Texas. This was like the last guy I'm mentioning from this list. I mean, it's just a completely different caliber of recruits coming in for uh, these official visits in June. If you were to give credit to... 50%, 50%, is it Blanchard, is it McGuire, yes. is it some of these <laughs> other coaches? No, no, you have like Brian Nance, I'm going to forget some guys. There is, it's a collective effort, and those guys would say that, but 
if I had to say, yeah, McGuire, you starts with him, but then Blanchard is as good as you're going to find in his position in college sports. He's terrific. When we come back, three questions. It's the rundown. You're listening to the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Show from Bubba's 33 on Rock 1. Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott is on vacation. He's on assignment, as we say in the, the radio biz. <laughs> but it's the one thing that he absolutely hates. It's the rundown. <laughs> Three questions. Who cares if you have the right answer? We just want to know the rundown. Jarrett, number of turnovers caused by the 2023 Red Raider defense. Last year they had 27. Yeah, and you know, it's not a really high number. It's not a terrible no- number, but it's supposed to be take three university, right? Yeah. So, all right, I was told there'd be no math. I'm thinking they're going to play 13 games. So I'm going to go a big jump and say 39. 39, nice. Pete, who should be the next Red Raider or Lady Raider in, enshrined in the Ring of Honor? Let's go Lady Raider for you. Oh, how about uh, Planette Pearson? Now on the staff, she's back. She had a great career, Went, you know, played professionally. She's back. I think that'd be awesome to have her uh, double P joining the double T uh, ring of honor. Nice. And then, uh, Sean, for you, how many games will Texas Tech win against West Virginia this weekend? I say they take two. They're going to take the series? Wow. They're going to they're gonna t- they're gonna take the series. They'll take tonight. And they'll lose on Saturday, and then they'll win a close one on Sunday. Can I ask them? <laughs> Are they going to win the bowl? Thank thing? you. I was like, wait for you to say it. Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of time. Oh, this has been the Red Winter Outfitter <laughs> Rocket Pregame Show, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. And we want to thank Andrew Sorrells, Keith Patrick, uh, Darren Deloche, Paul Gilbert, and... Dustin McCorkle for yeah. stopping by. Yeah, a lot of guests today. Yeah, it was awesome. And Colin Schooler, too, by the way. Colin Schooler. Yeah. So I'm going to say this much. Next week, yeah. rock and pregame. You don't want to miss it. I'm I'm not at liberty to release the name of the person that will be here. But once we do release it, yeah. Bubba's 33 is going to be completely full. Okay. Well, there's a little tease. I mean, they're doing pretty good right now. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty full right now. It's not an open spot in the bar, that's for sure. I'm looking over there, too. It won't be next week. We'll see you here. Need more of the Red Raider Outfitter rockin' pregame from Bubba's 33? We're back in minutes on Rock 101.1.